0: How about opening up with me this morning to Romans chapter 1 and verse 11, the book of Romans chapter 1 and verse 11. This morning, the title of this message is called The Power of Impartation." We're going to talk about things that's being imparted to the body of Christ. How the Lord uses others to impart into us. And how we are to impart into others. We receive gifts of the Holy Spirit through impartation. The Holy Spirit is the gift giver. But if we associate and hang around others of like faith or people that have faith, and people that operate in the gifts of the Spirit and the things of God, that we associate and hang around people like that, that will get on you. And you will have a desire for it. The greatest thing that for mamas and dads in here, grandparents in here, the greatest thing that you can impart (coughs) to your children is a hunger for God, a hunger for the supernatural, and the things of God if you can impart that into them you have done your job Mm -hmm. if they turn any other way it will be the wrong way so it's up to us to impart any of y'all ever heard of families that create a legacy of faith thank God for families that down through the line down through the generation just about the whole family believe in Christ Mm -hmm. they love the Lord and they continue just to sow into their children. Their children grow up and they sow it into their children. Their children grow up and they sow, they sow it into their children. You have created a legacy of faith in Christ Jesus. And that's one of the greatest things you can do is if you want your family to have a good reputation, a good name, teach them about the things of the Lord. Amen. Teach them to have a hunger for God, a fire for God. Hallelujah. Because if you don't, I know someone that will. I know somebody that will turn them the wrong way. If you don't turn them in the right direction, the enemy has all kind of bad associations out there that can turn your children and your family upside down and turn them in the wrong direction. So impartation is huge. You've got to watch who is imparting into you. It's important that you watch who speaks into your life. It's important to watch what you hear on the news and what you let in and what you you resist. There's things in life that you want to accept. There's also other things you want to rebel, not allow in. Romans chapter 1 verse 11 says, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. Let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the word of God. Thank you for bringing us together on this Sunday morning. We are your people, and we come to learn of you, Lord, and learn from the Holy Spirit. May the Holy Spirit lead us, guide us into all truth, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that as your people hear your word today, that gifts are stirred. Lord, there's a fire stirred, a hunger ignited in every soul. And Lord, as you're the one that's preaching the word this morning, I thank you for the anointing you've given me. Lord, I acknowledge without you I can do nothing. I humble myself before you, and I pray that this church bear fruit for the kingdom of God. For the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us be fruitful men and women and children of the most high God. Lord, I just thank you today. Use this word and help me, Lord, preach it the way you want it spoken. Let my word be filled with wisdom. I thank you for your help, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 The Apostle Paul speaking to the church at Rome said, I long to see you that I might impart to you some spiritual gift so that you might be established. The word impart means to give over in the Greek. It means to share. If I impart something to you, if I give you my food, I've imparted something to you. This morning I'm imparting the word of God to you this morning. I'm giving it to you. When someone gives you something, it's up to you to receive it. Can I have an amen? Amen. Amen. There's two things you can do with the Word of God. You can either receive it or reject it. But God is the author of, of impartation. And He uses men and women and others to transfer His blessings and favor into others. And He does that through spiritual fathers, mentors, and teachers, he transfers things. If you hang out here at Harvest Time Church, you're going to begin to uh, things will be imparted unto you, and you will become one of the flock, one of the sheep, and whatever you'll be recognized. Y'all are like-minded, kingdom-minded followers of Jesus. In the Bible, Joshua followed Moses in the Bible Saul followed Samuel things were imparted as they followed those Elijah imparted into Elijah do you see what's happening Jesus imparted into his disciples and in return they began to impart into others and Paul imparted into Timothy that's the transfer, that the impartation. If you associate yourself with others and follow them closely, things will be imparted and they will leave you things, hallelujah, that you will glean from as you are so closely associated with them. Now this happens in the spiritual realm and it also happens in the natural realm. In the natural side of things, if you what you hang around you will eventually become if you hang around someone long enough and they're speaking into your life you will begin to think like them the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33 this is a word to the wise no matter how old you are in here this is a word to the wise 1 Corinthians 15 33 says bad company corrupts good habits. Do y'all believe that? That is true. You don't have to believe it. All you have to do is hang around with the wrong folks and you'll start doing wrong. There's an old saying, if you want to hang, if you, want, if you hang around the landfill, you're going to smell like trash. If you sleep with the dogs, you'll get fleas. Amen. Amen. What is that? That's called guilty by association. Sometimes you don't have to do anything wrong, you just be in the wrong company. And you get accused of doing wrong because you were guilty by association. I know a guy years ago that uh, got in a van got in a in in a van with three other of his buddies, and they got pulled over. for some kind of traffic violation, and the police searched the the van, and in the van they had marijuana, and they and none of them in the van would claim the marijuana. So guess what happened? They, all... they took all of them to jail <coughs> until somebody claimed whose marijuana that was. The one of the grandmothers in the church called me and said, "Would you go go see my grandson? He's locked up." He got in a van with four of his buddies and they found marijuana in the car. He said he didn't know anything about the marijuana. I don't know if he knew anything about the marijuana or not. But I do know he was guilty by association. He was in the van. They locked all of them up. So what ha- can happen sometimes, you can get caught up in a situation and it, it, you may not be guilty but because you associated with a certain group. you You... Everybody took the fall. Guilty by association. On the natural side of things, if you hang around someone long enough, you'll become like them. You'll begin to pick up their manners rhythms. You'll pick up their speech patterns. If you hang around with them long enough, you might start walking like them. All kind of bad things you can pick up by hanging around the wrong folks. What I'm trying to say. If you don't cuss, hang around somebody that cusses all day long. In a few weeks, when you hit your finger on a with a hammer, <coughs> guess what's coming out? All them cuss words you've been listening to. When you get mad, you'll start cussing. Where'd all that come from? Hanging out the wrong folks. I used to be able to tell the difference from my kids. We used to try to set certain boundaries for them because we knew the power of impartation that if my sons or my daughters started hanging around with the wrong crowd, I got to watch what might happen to them. They might leave my teaching and go to somebody else's teaching. And I can learn, I could see sometimes when some of the children would go home with others Mamas and dads, you gotta watch out who you let your children go home with. You, you don't want to put a noose around their neck and choke them and keep them so isolated, but you do have to be wise where you do let them go. That's right. Because I could tell a difference sometimes when my children would go off and go home <laughs> with somebody, and they come home, and all of a sudden I seen an attitude in them when they came back. Me and Sophie would look at each other like. They left here on Friday. They didn't have this attitude. <laughs> they come back on Sunday after a day and a half of staying with somebody, and they come home with some kind of attitude thinking they're going to act that way over here. They, they done picked up something. You know how they picked it up? Association. They went home with somebody. They come back with an attitude. Me and Sophie, we'd say, "Act." Ah, that starts right here. You ain't bringing that in here. Because listen, if you don't deal with it, guess what? I have four children. And one of them brings bring back that attitude, and I don't do something with that attitude, it's going to spread to the other three. Uh-huh. And if you don't deal with it in, in a while, anything you know, you got a serious problem on your hand. Mm-hmm. But if you hang around long enough, you you you, you, know, you know yourself that people start talking like other people. If they, they slur their language or they talk slow, hang around. They, they start talking slow. They start slurring their language. They start walking a certain way. And it's all on the natural side of guilty by association. Bad company corrupts good habits. Mm-hmm. you got to watch out with the company you keep. Amen. Amen? Amen? As a child of God, when you get saved, you can't keep... keep the same company you used to keep. That's right. Hello. Amen. You gotta change playmates and playgrounds right. after you get saved. That's right. If you don't, hell, you go, You ain't changing none. You got to change. You got to come out of the world, come into the church. Amen. You come out from a sinner into a saint. You transformed by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. But you can't keep unholy alliances around you and expect to be holy all the time. That's right. That's right. It will rub off on you, and God will be saying, "Where'd you get this attitude? Hanging around right with the wrong folks, and you start doing what them other folks are doing. It, 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 it's it's contagious. It'll jump off on you. Y'all know some sicknesses. You hang around somebody long enough, and it's coughing." Hup, hup, hup. Yeah. And the thing you know, if you've got any sin, when they <laughs> 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 start getting, getting off from around them, right? You don't just let them cough in your face. Hup, hup, hup. And you just, hey man, keep that up, keep that up. you like, <laughs> why? Because it's contagious. That's right. It might be contagious. You have to keep your distance in the spiritual realm you have to keep your spiritual life in tune you got to put boundaries over yourself you just can't hang out everywhere and do and, and, and do what the world doing and expect on sunday morning that the anointing gonna flow like a river that's right the, we talked about people in the bible that followed somebody and they received their anointing joshua followed moses and guess what? When Moses passed, who took over? Joshua. Joshua. Elijah. Before he was caught up in the whirlwind, the Lord told him, said, go and anoint Elijah. And he went and anointed Elijah, and Elijah received a double portion from Elijah because of the association. The transference of the anointing came through the association. In, the, in our day and time, we got people like uh, Benny Hinn mm-hmm. he was he, he, before he got into his calling and anointing to heal the sick you know where that transference took place at mm-hmm. it took place while he went to a meeting with Catherine Coleman in it mm-hmm. and Catherine Coleman was up there operating in the anointing and people were being saved, healed and delivered mm-hmm. and he was attracted to that mm-hmm. it sparked something in him through the association. Also, in others, Rod Parsley, a man on fire for God today. He got his impartation through Lester Sumrall. Lester Sumrall had a Bible school. Rod Parsley went to it. He, he hung out with Rod Pars—I mean Lester Sumrall. And Lester Sumrall left an impartation in his life that's still going today. When you hear Rod Parsley preach, you're looking at Lester Sumrall. You hear Lester Summerall. You see the boldness of of Lester Summerall. That's what happens through the transference and the the impartation of the anointing. Summerall got his from Smith Wigglesworth. You see what's happening? Here it is. If you want to have faith, You want mountain moving faith, you want faith to heal the sick, you want faith to raise the dead, you want faith to to do things, hang out with people that's got faith. Associate yourself with a church that's got faith, that preaches faith, not unbelief, not doubt, but God still works miracles. If you hang out with the negative, you'll be negative. Amen? Amen. I don't know about y'all, but I hate hanging around negative people. Oh yeah. I mean, when they, when they open their mouth, they go from woe me to woe me a hundred times. Now I'm like, man, I got to get up out of here. I feel dirty when I leave here talking to these folks. They're so negative. If you hang around negative people, you'll become a negative person. You want to change that? How do you change it? By your association. You find somebody that's talking positive. You hanging around people that are fearful, Listen, it'll jump off on you. Amen? Amen? So, bad company always corrupts good habits. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 7. You'll turn with me there. 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 7. 2 Peter 2, 7. It says, let me back up just a little bit and start off in uh, maybe verse 6, 6 and 7. 2 Peter 2, verse 6 says, And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction Making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. And delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed, he was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man, dwelling among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. <laughs> Lot was Abraham's nephew. And Lot was had to cut a covenant with Almighty God. He was very blessed. And Lot yoked up with his uncle, Abraham, and followed him and went everywhere he went. But at one point, Lot and Abraham got so blessed. Abraham had a bunch of servants. Lot had a bunch of servants. They all began to have strife and division. Strife among the, the each other. So, they divided. And Abraham told Lot, said, look over the plain Maybe they were on top of a mountain. He said, "Lot, you look around. I'm gonna give you first choice." That's a pretty humble. Abraham could have said, "I'm taking all this, and you can have this little square over here." Yeah. But Abraham said, "You can have first choice. Where, whatever you choose, I'll go to the other direction." And Lot looked down over the plain of Sodom and Gomorrah and said, "I'm taking that. I'll take that place." Remember. When Lot was with Abraham, he had a peaceful mind. He was very blessed. He was not tormented day in and day out. But when he chose to leave Abraham and he chose to go, go hang out in Sodom and Gomorrah, the Bible said, first of all, he pitched his tent outside of Sodom and Gomorrah to start off with. He didn't go in, he pitched his tent outside. And he stayed there for a little while and I guess he had observed what was taking place there. And eventually, he set his tent inside the gate of Sodom and Gomorrah. And next thing you know, he moves into Sodom and Gomorrah. And next thing you know, he's sitting at the gate talking to the elders at Sodom and Gomorrah. That means he has begun to associate his people at the gate with all the leaders, all the, all the high up to do people sit at the gate and they talk over matter. Lot is there with them. He moves his family into Sodom and Gomorrah. And something happens. Because of disassociation from a holy man, from a righteous man, he moves into an unholy alliance with people in Sodom and Gomorrah. And it begins to affect his spirit man. The Bible said he was was vexed daily. Vexed. He was tormented day in and day out because of what he's seen and what he heard every day. He chose that place. He chose to associate with them and because of his association it began to take a toll on who he was in the spiritual realm. Bad company will corrupt good habits. Lot made a terrible decision and it cost him it cost him, and over time, we know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. It was destroyed. It was destroyed by hailstones and 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 and, hell and brimstone, right? Destroyed for their homosexual uh, attitudes and, and their sin of homosexuality. And Lot has yoked himself up with such a people, and when judgment came, it was coming there. But God spared him. He spared him and, and warned him to get out of there. And he, and he told him to flee and don't look back. But guess what his wife did on the way out? She turned around and looked back. And when she did, she turned into a pill of salt. And that pill of salt, they say, is still there today. When it's time to go, it's time to go. One day we're going to get caught out of this world. And when we get called out, I'm thinking, I'm, I thank Jesus that we're going to go up so fast, we ain't going to have time to look back. Amen? Amen. But thank God. There is an anointing through impartation. Bad things can happen if you hang out with the wrong people, and good things can happen if you, and your, your spiritual life can excel if you take if you hang out with the right people. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Turn with me there this morning. Acts four thirteen. Glory to God. Jesus is alive. You know, one of the things that, that really messed Israel up in the Old Testament, you know, they were raised in Egypt. I mean, they were there. When when Moses went in there, they had already spent 430 years in captivity to Egypt. Egypt was not a godly place. They They didn't serve Jehovah. They didn't know nothing about Yahweh. They were worshiping the sun, the moon. They had all kind of idols and gods, this and gods, that. And when when Israel was kept there for 430 years, those things begin to jump off on them. They begin to lose that one God only belief. They begin to see all these other gods, and they begin to open up to it a little bit. Moses was raised in Egypt from the day he was from as a little old, little boy. They found him floating down a river. They took him into Egypt. He went to school there. He went to, you might as well say, college there. He ate there. He learned all the Egyptian customs, beliefs. He was raised, you might as well say, he was a full-blooded Egyptian. When you raise somewhere as a child, if somebody takes one of your children from birth, they born in America, but take them straight to Cambodia, When they get 10 years old, they'll be speaking Cambodian language, not American language, because they were raised in Cambodia. Things happen when you hang out at a place for a long time. So Moses was raised there. He spoke Egyptian. He was an Israelite. And God called him to, to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. He was their deliverer. And after he did through signs and wonders, God brought them out with a mighty outstretched arm. But as He brought them out, they got back in. They got into the wilderness, and they kept wanting to go back into Egypt. They wanted to go back into bondage. That don't even make sense. Why have you been set free from a slave? Do you want to go back into bondage again? But it was engraved in them. It was put in them all these other gods what got Israel so far off track through the years they'd have a good king they'd have a bad king they'd have another bad king they might get another good king they'd get another bad king another bad king and another bad king when I say bad king they would allow all these false gods and idols to come in and, uh, uh, into Israel and Israel would begin to worship these idols from other nations What's happening to America right now? Absolutely. Listen, folks, it, it matters how you vote because if you vote for somebody ungodly, guess what's coming from the top? Exactly right. Ungodliness. If they have no regard for God and they have no regard, God for more, they have no morals. They have no allegiance to God, and you vote for them, you might as well say you're letting your nation go to hell. Because they're going to be in charge for the next four years. And that's what's happened. Same thing that happened to Israel. Same thing happened to America. Israel got it, got polluted by all the idols that came from other nations. Listen, when we opened the floodgates of our borders and we let people walk across over 7 to 8 million in the, in the past four years with this president we got and... We have allowed other gods, other religions, and everything else to come into the United States. And it's, it's affecting our culture, our traditions, and our belief system. And they don't come here with good intentions. I believe we should let them come. But they need to come through the door of a legal door. Not a side door. Not a... Everybody got to come in the right way. That's right. Amen? That's right. Listen, y'all ain't. We, I know y'all smarter than I am. But listen, all these people don't come across the border with good intentions. Some of them have been sent by the cartel. Some have been sent by the Mideast. And they're going to come here and they're going to start blowing up stuff. And they're going to cut me off of YouTube for this. But praise the Lord, anyhow. Amen. Let the chip fall where they fall. You can't, you can't back down. But I'm telling y'all. Israel got messed up by allowing all these other nations to, and the Lord told them, don't do that. Do not mingle with the other nations outside of yourself because God knew when you mingle, they bring all that junk, all their idols, and they mingle it with you and if they hang around you long enough, next thing you know if you don't affect them, they're going to affect you. Next thing you know, their idols are sitting on your dresser. <laughs> and you think there's nothing wrong with it. Acts chapter 4 verse 13 says in closing Acts 4 13 Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. They were getting questioned by the Sahedron because of the the miracle that took place in Acts chapter 3. They were telling them and warning them, Not to preach in the name of Jesus no more. And if you do. You're going to suffer the repercussions. You're going to be in jail. You're going to be beaten. Or you may be put to death. If you keep preaching in this name of Jesus anymore. Of of course we can see that this is a demonic attack. Inspired to shut the mouths. Of God's children. Not to preach in the name of Jesus anymore. So anytime anybody tells you you can't preach or pray or, or anything in the name of Jesus, you know that is a demonic attack. And what do you do? The same thing Peter and John did. They kept moving forward. They kept preaching the gospel. They didn't let the devil shut their mouth. They stood up bold and strong and preached, to, preached Jesus Christ to everybody because they didn't shut up. We have the gospel today. Amen. But if they question Peter and John told them to be quiet they looked and said these guys are bold we trying to intimidate them we're trying to scare the life out of them we're trying to shut their mouth and Peter and John wasn't moved they stood there with boldness they wasn't scared they wasn't intimidated they had the Holy Ghost living on, inside of them and they said they looked at them and said these are untrained and uneducated men, but they realized that they had been with Jesus. They were thinking, how do these guys speak so proper, so wise, and so knowledgeable? How do they know these things, how they speak these things, and they realized where they got it from? Because they had spent time with Jesus. When you spend time with Jesus, praise God, he, by association, he will bless you with his wisdom, he will bless you with his knowledge, he'll bless you with his joy, he'll bless you with his love, he'll bless you with his peace. If you hang out with him, hallelujah, you'll be different than this world is today. Amen. And when they bring their other God and stick them up in front of you, in the name of Jesus, you'll rebuke that. You'll be bold as a lion. Yeah. Can I have an amen? Amen. amen. I tell you, if we don't start standing for our nation, we ain't going to have one. And we got to quit voting for our pocketbook and start voting for morals. If, there's any, if, if you can find any godly person that you're voting for, vote for the one that's godly and got wisdom. Don't vote for the one that's going to put uh Money in your back pocket. Amen. I heard. I remember years ago. I was talking to a guy at this church. No, I wasn't at this church. I worked at a bookstore in, in in Conyers in a Christian bookstore. And there was an election coming up, and it was between two people. And I knew one of them lifted up Jesus from the podium, talked about Jesus from the podium, and and the other guy, he was he was way off course, way off course. Somehow the other we got talking about voting. I said, well, who? Are you? He said, I'm voting for so-and-so. i like, this guy here's a Christian. He's voting for that guy. And I know what that guy stands for. He's evil. Anybody can't see that blind in one eye, can't see another. Eye. Ain't got no disarmament at all. And he said, I'm voting that way because he's going to put money in my pocketbook. My business will be more blessed if he gets in. And I said, Lord have mercy. Vote for folks Putting the ungodly in, in seats of authority. That's why our nation's messed up. From the top up all the way through every the, the Senate, the Congress, the House of Representatives, every courthouse in, in, in the state and in the nation. Got corrupt judges in them. Amen. And they influenced by their political party. I said that too. <laughs> listen my daddy used to have an saying, Stacy we, things we can't change and the things we can't, we can't do nothing about don't worry about it because God's going to sort it out in the end you know every ungodly corrupt judge is going to have to answer to the king of kings one day yes, the judge of all judges the righteous judge they sit in there and they take these bribes And they make these decisions and all these corrupt decisions based on they got money in their back pocket. Listen, they didn't get away with it. Nobody else might have seen the money that went up under the table, but Jesus seen the money that went up under the table. And they're going to have to answer to him for that ungodly judgment. Because they they didn't judge rightly. So the disciples got a heavy impartation from Jesus by hanging out with him. And in the book of Acts you see because they hung out with Jesus followed Jesus for three and a half years they began to do exactly what Jesus was doing after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. They began to go out there and they began to heal the sick. They began to preach the gospel of the kingdom that he told them about. They weren't preaching Peter's gospel. They weren't preaching Paul's gospel. They weren't preaching John's gospel, Andrew's gospel. They weren't preaching all these a denominational type name. They were preaching the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. They were on the same page because they were all following the same leader and that leader was Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And the church was on pace and it was on fire. It was it was chasing the glory. They had the glory and everybody knew. Don't mess with Peter. Don't mess with Paul. These guys are anointed. Don't touch my anointed ones. But there is an anointing that came with hanging with Jesus that changed the world. They became world changers. What's going to happen to us when we hang out with Jesus? The world's going to know we've been hanging with Jesus. We've been going to church. We've been staying in His Word through prayer, hallelujah, through fasting, through worship. We've been encountering the presence of Almighty God. And when we take, we take this this treasure that's put in these uh, jars of clay, we take it wherever we go. Not just church on Sunday morning, wherever we go. When we go to work on Monday, we take it Jesus in there. The fragrance of Christ is going with us. We go to Walmart to buy our Cheerios and our uh, Raisin Bran and, and our milk and our egg. Praise God we're going in there. We're gonna get our stuff, but we're gonna leave the fragrance of Christ around. Whenever somebody talks to you, they're gonna say, man, you've been with Jesus. How you know that? Because all them scriptures you speaking, coming out with, it's just coming out of you like a river. They say, whoo, man, you must be on fire for God." Well, why ain't you? Amen. Amen. Guilty by association. Y'all stand with me. Guilty of hanging out with Jesus. I'm guilty of loving you. Why? Because Jesus loved me first. I'm guilty of having peace when everybody else in the in the wait room is falling apart. Why? Because I've been hanging out with the Prince of Peace. I'm guilty. I'm guilty of having joy when you have sorrow. Why? Because I've been hanging out with the with with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It makes a difference. You watching this, Bob? Video or media, it was our honor to come into your home today. We love you. Hallelujah. Watch who you're hanging out with. It's going to affect you positively or negatively. So watch out. Bad company, corrupt good habits. Jesus loves you. And if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, get things right today. Don't put, put it off. Today is the day of salvation. Jesus Christ has already hung on the cross, already shed his blood, already rose from the dead. All you have to do is believe in him, call upon him, and you shall be saved. Call upon Jesus. He'll give you a life worth living. He'll deliver you from drugs, alcohol, every evil work. But you can't do it yourself. Jesus can do it. God bless you. Send us your comments and let us know what you think. God bless you.